Well, the silky, sweet tones of James Hetfield and company on Metallica's I Disappear coming across your speaker wherever you're listening to this podcast. That can only mean one thing, that the Discovering Masculinity podcast is back after a very, very long hiatus. I am your host, John Waltz. I am recording in the now dark, almost completely dark Franklin, Tennessee here at the end of August in the year 2021. Wow, end of August. That's uh, it's one of those things my, my dad always told me when I was a kid that, uh, you know, you'll you'll have those those times where you feel like, you know, oh gosh, where's this this day gone? Where's the week gone? And then it's all of a sudden, you know, where where's the year gone? And that's that's how I've been feeling lately um, when I look at the calendar because it's going to be September tomorrow. And then essentially you have four full months left in what has been 2021, depending on how you look at it. Very different from 2020, but, you know, it's uh, there's things you can pick and choose from every year that uh, that make things seem either bad or seem worse I I know this year has been for me personally it's been eventful uh, but it's also for many others it's been similar to to 2020 and and what we went through with that but I'm back I'm gonna be doing this on a more regular basis there'll be some episodes where it's just me behind the microphone there'll be some episodes where we have guests There'll be some blended episodes in between, and, you know, I might even do a clip show. I don't know. I think I might do that for this episode. I kind of felt the need to just sit back behind the microphone. I have a night where I'm not working uh, my side hustle. For those of you who know me, I do Uber Eats as a side hustle, and um, that's uh, that, can, that can be lucrative, but it can also be tiring and redundant and a little boring. And so I've been uh, just been kind of taking it easy here at home. Um, here in the Middle Tennessee area, we've been uh, dealing with the remnants of Hurricane Ida as it comes up through and has been dumping much, 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 much rainfall on us. I don't know what the rainfall totals have been so far today, but uh, I think it is even raining again outside. So it's been uh, one of those days where it just was raining in the morning and just has not stopped raining for the rest of the day. So it's been uh, it's been one of those days, and so it's just one of those better days just to kind of stay inside and contemplate life, which is... One thing that I'm good at doing, I guess, I'm good at contemplating life, I'm good at uh, contemplating things, I'm good at deep thought sometimes, I don't know, you'll be the judge of that. I did notice a, a while back when I pulled up my uh, Apple reviews on the uh, on the podcast itself that uh, I did see that I had a one-star review, so I'm not mad about it, not sad about it, I just, uh, I guess that means I've said something that has uh, irked someone or I have... Um, you know, had a guest on that uh, might have worked someone. I mean, when you have people like when you have people like Dennis Prager on, you know, a very thoughtful, great guest. I was very, very honored to have him on the podcast. You know, when you have have polarizing figures like that on, I guess uh, that that'll happen. But uh, 
anyway, I am, uh, as I said, I'm back. I'm back behind the microphone and uh, haven't really got a, a huge plan for this episode as far as what I'm doing. I just kind of needed to, to talk a little bit, kind of talk about some things that um, had a conversation with, uh, with a friend here um, recently and, and uh, kind of talking about the subject came up of, of just some the, the 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 men's movement I guess online and there are a lot of guys who are prominent people in the men's movement that say a lot of good things that I think we do need to take into account but then there's also some things that maybe have some truth to them but we can't view our entire experience or view the entire world through that prism and um, I'll try and get into what I mean by that here in uh, in a few minutes but I think the biggest thing for me looking back at the recent events here uh, even in the last 30 days of just you know world events and and politics and and I've said it I've said it before it's one of the reasons that this podcast exists I, many, many other of my friends have said it, we really need strong, honorable male role models in our lives to look at and look up to here, more so now in this day and age, I think, than ever before in human history. There are so many things that are dividing us. There are so many things that are just going completely haywire in certain parts of the world that we need a steadfast we need a steadfast you know male role model and a steadfast male figure in our life that we can that we can look up to and so i've i one thing i've been good at and even um you know a friend of mine that i have these kind of conversations with they told me that I'm really good about seeking out mentorship and accountability, and I think, and, and that's true. I've always been one to seek out people and, and mentors that are that I view as, you know, how do I want to put it that that I feel are further along that that have have characteristics that I want to emulate, that have life situations that I definitely want to to make part of my own life situation. I mean, uh, Dylan Valenzuela is a great example of, of that. He's been on this podcast twice. Uh, he was uh, an episode in uh, the very first season, I believe it was episode three, just going off the top of my head, where we talked a lot about uh, weight loss and we talked a lot about just his own experience as a man and as a new father. And then we talked about it at the beginning of this year, you know, kind of new year, new me type of thing. We we talked about his weight loss journey and my own weight loss journey and what it, what that means. And I was at a point in my life where I needed some guidance in that area. And so I reached out to to him and thank God that that I did and thank God that uh, that he was there to encourage me through this uh, through this process. My really good friend, Mike McDowell, who's been on the uh, the podcast a few times, He's always someone that I've looked up to. He's always someone who's been, who I view as a, a strong male role model that uh, you know I, I would would want, you know, people to to look at, and and I would want 
people to you know to to know his story and know how how he comes at things and um and you know scott hassey uh he's been on this podcast several times and having gone through his own struggles he he he's someone that i relate to and and view as a as a friend and um to a larger extent you know having john eldridge on here he's been someone that i've looked up to for a long long time um for his the way he just makes the 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 way that he brings God's messaging and the way that he brings the gospel to um, to be relatable to men and be relatable to humankind, I think is is an is a great great testament to who he to who he is and and the gifts that uh, that God has given him. So I've always looked at looked for for role models and looked for coaches and a friend of mine challenged me not you know not challenged me, but just asked me one day and, and brought it up to me when I was talking with them. They said, you know, I, I think you, it would be a big step for you to become that type of a, of a person for, for others. And that doing that through this podcast is a, is a great vehicle to do that. So that's, um, you know, maybe that'll be the topic of this episode. I'm just kind of doing a little bit of uh, rambling here and rambling on, but um, I, I think I think the first thing that we really need to to look at, and this came up in a in a conversation that uh, that I had with that same friend that I had mentioned just before. We, I I know this. We all know this, but we still sometimes acquiesce to to this state and this mentality is that being in a victim mentality is so much more comfortable for us as human beings especially as men um that it it just becomes a very familiar place and there have been times that i've been genuinely wronged in my life there's been times that I've been genuinely hurt in my life, and there are times that I do feel like I am a victim, and that's what defines me. And we definitely need to look at ourselves and say, no, that's not what defines me. I, I don't think that... I, I don't... There's so much more to me. There's so much more to you, listener, who's on the other side of this microphone. There's so much more to you than just uh, the the things that have negatively uh, affect, influenced and, and affected your life. There's so m- much more to you than any rejection that you've gone through. There's so much more to you than any setbacks that you've faced. So take a step back and look for look for the confirmation bias in your life look for the confirmation bias where you take a step back and you see oh well this person has this person reminds me of this this other person who rejected me just as as an example you know that these for for me it's in in the dating realm right now um in the dating realm that I always look for 
reasons not to particularly like a person when I come across them and I'm viewing them as a potential potential date or potential relationship. I always look for a reason that it won't go that far. Um, And that's because I have, you know, that's partly because I have just been, I've I've come across situations in, in my life and I have, I'm like everybody that's, that's tried to date people that, you know, I've, I've been through, through breakups and some that I've initiated, some that I haven't initiated and those hurt. And for too long, I've made them defining parts of my life and defining parts of my identity. And that's the struggle is to find that new identity is to find that new identity of that doesn't, that new identity that's not a victim, that new identity that's doesn't want to doesn't want to to blame others, but wants to accept your role in the story. I made a, a comment to a good friend of mine. Oh, it was several months ago, I think, or maybe it was about a month and a half or two months ago. I can't remember exactly when. Um, this is the thing when this thing happens when you ramble, but. I, uh, Jocko Wilnick, uh, you know, he, he has the concept of extreme ownership and, and taking responsibility for your role in a bad situation. And, um, I, uh, he sent me a clip of, of Jocko. I can't remember what the context of the clip was, but it seemed like he was leading some people into some type of uh, physical training. And, uh, I just messaged him back because I, Jocko is someone that I really admire. And, and I just messaged him back and said, you know, I want to be like Jocko when I grow up. And he said, well, you're finally starting to take some ownership of, of your life and your, uh, and your, your, um, you know, your misgivings and becoming a little bit more like him every day. Now I still struggle getting up at 4am and doing the, uh, the physical stuff that, that he does. Um, but I also know that part of, part of life and part of becoming a thriving person, a thriving individual is taking ownership of, of your situation and, and removing yourself from that victim mentality, removing yourself from, you know, that's there, there are, there is plenty of blame to go around in the situations that we're in geopolitically. There's plenty of blames to go around with the situation with COVID. There's plenty of finger pointing to be done. But on a micro level, on a macro level, we can we can be mad about it and, and, and let it affect us on a micro level. I can be pissed off every day at, you know, at certain politicians. I can be pissed off every day at certain medical authorities, but that doesn't help me. That doesn't change my mood. That doesn't help me do, do my job and perform my job to the ability that I know that I can perform it to. So all that being said is that you're, you're not, if you're within the sound of my microphone, you you don't have to stay a victim. You stay a victim by your choice. In 
a victim victim is not a state of being it's just an occurrence you're it's just being on a side of an of an event and the struggle comes in when you let it define you that's and it's easier said than done i i know that there are people within the sound of my voice that have gone through unimaginable pain unimaginable torment have gone through unimaginable events where it's just it just guts them emotionally i know that i'm not trying to sound insensitive when when i say that you're not a victim but at the end of everything the struggle it is a struggle will, will you will you stay a victim will you stay in that familiarity I don't want you to. I want you to step out and offer all the positive things that that you have. I want you to step out of the shadows and offer all the, the positive things about you to the world because the world needs it right now. John Eldridge says it beautifully in Wild at Heart. He says the world needs men who are fully alive and we don't need victims. We don't need people who are constantly judging or coming at things from a misogynistic perspective or 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 a misandric perspective we don't need that in this world today we need people who can offer that positivity who we need people who can we need people who can just light up a room we need people who can greet you with a smile we need someone who can greet you with with positivity and just being like, hey, it is genuinely good to see you. When I when I ask someone how they are, I, I genuinely come at it from a place of like, how are you? How are you feeling? I want to know. And that's the, that's the type of people that we need. We need people who are fully alive. We need people who are, can embrace that, embrace the positive. We need people who can embrace not not just embrace embrace growth people who can embrace you know people who can just embrace the world and not not let the the hurt or the venom define them or their we just need we need more people who can light up like i said light up a room we need more people who can who can bring that joy we need more people who are joyous in the world and that's a choice that's the beauty that's the beautiful thing about about being joyous that's the beautiful thing about about being positive is that that's a choice i'm learning that more and more now than i had before and and it's the hard thing about it for me is that when you make that choice to be joyous, when you make that choice to be happy, sometimes it is fleeting and the negative can be so familiar that it's, it's easier to stay in that place. And, you know, I'll bring up a few examples of the negative where it's easy. It was easy for me to stay in that place. And maybe you can, uh, maybe you can empathize with that, but uh, I've been going on about 20 minutes here for this uh, this opening segment, which is a little bit longer than uh, than I do like to do. But uh, uh, I'm going to take a quick break, grab a drink of water, and then uh, uh, hop back in here 
Might even uh, throw in an old uh, Champions Playbook ad spot here. I don't know. I might do that, or I might just record a new one on the fly. Who knows? But uh, anyway, uh, stay tuned. This is Discovering Masculinity. Yeah, so I decided to uh, do this uh, ad spot on the fly uh, in promotion of my really great friend Scott Hasse, uh, his book and his podcast entitled The Champion's Playbook. Now, Scott has a uh, podcast that he publishes three episodes a week with his friend and my friend, Mr. Jack Beard, who has also appeared on this podcast, Discovering Masculinity. But it covers everything in the world of golf, current events, uh, swing tips, uh, really great weekly episode he does, Ask the Pro. Just uh, recently recorded a huge version of Ask the Pro where he and uh, Stephanie Malloy and uh, another gentleman named Scott, who is a PGA professional, all sat in on a panel and answered a lot of great questions. And uh, yours truly may or may not have... uh, asked a question on that panel so go check it out his podcast link will be in the show notes below a link to his book on amazon.com will also be in the show notes below if you really want to become a student of the game of golf uh, you got to ditch the youtube videos you got to ditch the instagram tip accounts you know some of them are fun some of them have good stuff but uh, some of them are just get you lost in the weeds you know Um, i follow guys like mike burry and rick shields and they're they're great people they're entertaining but uh, if you really want to become a student of the game, check out Scott Hasse's book, The Champion's Playbook, available on Amazon.com. Also check out his podcast, The Champion's Playbook Podcast. And uh, if you're in Middle Tennessee, come on down to Franklin Bridge Golf Club to one of those uh, podcasts that he does and uh, come see him and take a lesson. You'll, uh, your golf game will thank you for it. So now back to this most recent edition of Discovering Masculinity. Welcome back. This is Discovering Masculinity, and uh, this song right here is a uh, one of my favorites, actually. Um, fun fact, if you ever wanted to uh, impress someone with your knowledge of uh, minor league hockey, you can uh, let them know that this is the goal song of the Tucson Roadrunners, who are the American Hockey League affiliate of the uh, Arizona Coyotes, at least the Arizona Coyotes for now. Um, you know, there's, they're not going to be in Glendale, that's for sure. So, uh, not for very much longer anyway, if, uh, you follow, you follow hockey news, um, Glendale has pulled out of the, uh, lease of, or has kicked them out of the, uh, lease for, uh, Gila River Arena there in Glendale, um, which just as an aside, um, this is kind of one of my favorite uh, rants to go on. One of my favorite points to make um, about uh, about hockey in general. Um, hockey, for those of you who know me, and, and those of you who may not know me, hockey is uh, NHL hockey is one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite pastimes. It's one of my favorite sports to watch. Um, love going to Predators games here in Nashville. Hopefully, I'll be able to do that here uh, a lot more this coming season. Um, you know, it's just, uh, to me, to me, there's no better place to be in Nashville on a Saturday night than a sold out Bridgestone arena. I'll just throw that out there right there. But, um, 
I lived in Phoenix for a few years, and my God, the hockey situation out there, what could have been really, really great is just really, really terrible. The The arena itself is in Glendale. It's next to the Arizona Cardinals Stadium, and the problem with that is, one of the big problems with that is, is that the demographic that they're trying to appeal to with the uh, Arizona Coyotes does not live in Glendale. They live in the other side of the valley, so... I could tell you some stories about how when I worked in Phoenix by the airport, I would, and I wanted to go to a game on a weeknight, it took me forever to get there because I literally had to drive across the entire city and the entire valley almost to get to uh, the arena where the Coyotes played in Glendale. And, you know, it's fine to have a football stadium out there because football is only a, a once a week thing. And so, you know, you can make the trek out there and that's fine. But to, you know, unless it was a free ticket, me living in Phoenix, I wasn't going to go out there unless it, unless it was the team that I wanted to see, which was Nashville, and they were only in town, you know, two, three, two times a year. Uh, unless it was a team that I wanted to see play, uh, I, or, or it was a free ticket, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go, especially because a lot of times the team was either mediocre or they were, or it was just a bad team. They were just having a bad season. And that's one thing hockey wise, especially, especially a game like a game like hockey where, you know, it's really big in, in Canada and in, uh, in the Northern United States. If you're going to be in a tradition, a non-traditional market like, uh, like Nashville, if you're going to be in a non-traditional market like Tampa Bay or Carolina, and you want to have a thriving, team you want to have a thriving product there you've got to have a team that's that's good or at the very least is contending for a playoff spot year in and year out and most and most years Nashville is either in the playoffs or they're in they're contending for a playoff spot and they had that really great run in 2017 when they went to the Stanley Cup final um and Tampa Bay I mean they're back-to-back Stanley Cup champions so I mean they've got a good product there place like Dallas you know they are they've become a rival of Nashville's but they're usually have a pretty solid team there um so you know you know in order for a team to thrive in a non-traditional market you've got to be you've got to have a contender and you've got to be in a location that it's uh that's a little more centrally located where people from all over the region can get to because um it it's just and that's part of the problems that uh, the Florida Panthers are having because they're in Sunrise and um, they're, you know, people aren't going to travel from Miami to Sunrise to, to watch an average team. Now, thankfully, they're uh, looking to have a pretty good team this year from from some reports that I've seen. So we'll see. But uh, anyway, kind of getting back to what I was talking about before the break, just getting out of that victim mentality. I was thinking about it when I when I took my break and I think one of the great ways you know it's it's great to acknowledge first off taking a quick half step back. It's great to acknowledge that the victim mentality is bad. It's great to acknowledge that, you know, the victim mentality is not where you want to stay. You don't want victimhood to become your identity. There may be temporary um, there may be temporary solace in people feeling sorry for you. There may be temporary, you know, 
positive reinforcement for when you're in a situation where people are feeling sorry for you, but that's not a place that you want to stay because that eventually wears thin and then you have to, then you're kind of a downer to be around because all you bring up is the negative because you want people to feel sorry for you and it becomes a type of a, a cyclical thing. So, you know, it, it's well and good to acknowledge all that and it's healthy to acknowledge all that. But what can you do as a human being, you know, men and women aside, what can you do to get out of that, uh, get out of that victim mentality? And I think one of the great things that has helped me, and uh, I owe uh, Steph Ganowski a lot of credit with this. Steph was, uh, uh, she's the second female guest on this podcast, and I'll have a link to her episode in the show notes. Um, but one thing that uh, she and I did in our work together was that she wanted me to uh, acknowledge my wins and acknowledge my positives throughout my day-to-day. So I think that's one thing that uh, that will help you get out of that victim mentality. And she even posted something to her Instagram um, a couple days ago that said, you know, you're, you're focusing on the incorrect things instead of focusing on the expectation you know, change the expectation for what you what you want to do, and that will that'll help your your mindset. Rather than expecting things to go well, focus on the process and doing the process well, and then things will will take care of themselves. So the example that um, the example that she used in in her reel and stuff. If you happen to hear this, you know, uh, please correct me on it. Um, is that when you when you want to approach uh, a woman, for example, and you know you're you're thinking, okay, I got to approach her, I've got to get her number, I've got to, you know, instead of just instead of just that that sets up your expectation. So like saying like, okay, I'm gonna go get this woman's number, and then when she rejects you or when she doesn't give you the number or whatnot, you feel crushed and devastated by it. And I've, I've been on this end of this before. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, I've, I've been that previous example is what I'm, is what I'm trying to say. And the, the thinking that, uh, that she proposed on that, or that she, she put in that post was that instead of focusing on getting the number, instead of focusing on getting the result, focus on, Hey, I'm going to talk to this person. I'm going to talk to this woman. Treat her like a person, like a human being, and I am going to just have a pleasant conversation with her and, and let that go where where it does. And that changes your that changes your whole mentality. That changes your whole um, that that changes your your mindset. And you don't you know if you don't get the number, you don't feel you don't feel crushed. And then if you do get the number, then you feel that much better. So. That's uh, that's one example of it. Intentionally focusing on, and that's what managing expectations should mean. You know, instead of just like lowering your expectations to expect the worst common denominator, that becomes a, a self fulfilling prophecy, and that's not. That's just as bad as as the the victim mindset. Managing the expectations is focusing more on the actual process and the desired outcome rather than, you know, what you want from that outcome rather than 
um, focusing on the the higher thing that it absolutely has to go this way and you know I'm my my new career is in sales you know if I went into every interaction with a prospect that I've got to make the sale got to make the sale got to make the sale and when I don't make the sale then it becomes it becomes devastating um, and then that's and that's what separates that's what keeps people in a business like sales and and what keeps people out of a business like you know any type of selling is that the rejection if the rejection becomes personal if it becomes devastating if it becomes overly frustrating then you know you're not effective at at your at your role and this is kind of this is where the uh, the pareto principle plays into a lot of things that you come across in your life the pareto principle is that uh you know, twenty percent of uh, you know the 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 saying is is that twenty uh, percent of the people do eighty percent of the work. So you can apply that to a lot of things, like twenty percent of getting back to sales. You know, the the Pareto principle in sales is that twenty uh, percent of your prospects are going to make up you know eighty percent of what you're you know what you're trying to uh, achieve. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know great ways to apply that like 20% of you know you, you 20% of your yeah, when i was in the distribution business 20% of our you know top stores or top branches were responsible for almost 80% of the company's revenue and it was it's just you see that kind of distribution um throughout a lot of things in your life so just knowing that, you know, the, what, I, what I'm trying to say is that focusing on the positives that uh, might be 20% of your day, you know, that's responsible, but that's still responsible for, you know, a lot of the good things moving forward in your life. I guess I tried to tie that together. I don't know. I told you this was going to be a rambly podcast, so I hope I'm not, uh, hope I'm not boring you to death, but uh, if I am, then you know, leave me a one star. Um, or, you know, if you like this, leave me a five star, you know, so this is a great segue for things that, uh, um, you know, content creators do that to say like, share and subscribe. So, you know, yeah, like, share, subscribe. Um, now getting back to that, to that train of thought, kind of going around that circle, getting back on the, the correct tangent there is that, there's got to be some uh, intentionality on uh, acknowledging the positives. There's got to be intentionality on actions that move you in a positive direction, whether it's uh, reading during the day, something that's going to fill your brain in a good, in a good way, in a positive uh, manner, whether it's uh, exercising, whether it is you know, intent, making that intentionality to, uh, in, in, in my case, you know, being transparent here, um, making that effort on the dating scene to, to strike up some more conversations and to, uh, uh, to go, you know, to, to go that route and making an effort to do, do the work that's necessary to move yourself in a positive direction and move yourself out of that victim mindset. Cause if you stay in that victim mindset, if you stay in that victim identity, and you're not intentional about moving out, then you will never move out. You'll just that confirmation bias will just continue and continue and continue, and you will, you know, you see this. This is this is how this happens, and 
this is how toxic um, a to- kind of a toxic example from my own life that I have uh, that I'll, I'll bring to bear here. Um, and I told one of my friends about it and he didn't quite understand my initial reaction to this. So, um, in December, um, I was in December, I had November and December. I had actually made some intentional 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 moves in the dating realm i guess i had uh, met a person that uh, that i liked and i asked that person out on uh, on a date we went out once and then we were going to go out again and before we went out um, i was put in the friend zone so um that was that was kind of hard to deal with and with some other life circumstances that were going on at the time that was just kind of compounded some things. And I got back to work the next, uh, next day and we had a, uh, a team meeting, uh, over, um, I guess this was Microsoft teams because I was at uh, a previous position and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, my, uh, team leader, uh, she got engaged over the weekend and over that weekend, that same weekend. And, and I can tell you that, um, that in a time when I was supposed to be, to be happy for someone, a time that I was supposed to, you know, when that, uh, an event that brought her so much joy this contributed to my devastation because I was seeing through the prism of being a victim. I was seeing through the prism of being, you know, that, that being defining me that, uh, in this particular instance that, um, you know, that, um, that I wasn't worthy of, uh, of being in a relationship. That was my, my feeling at that point. And the, so that was just a way of, a way that in my own mind that, uh, and even, you know, I talk about spiritual warfare on this, this podcast because I am a believer and even the spiritual warfare of, of just the, the enemy getting in there, like you see, this is, it's worthy of, of these people, but it's not worthy of you. It's, and, um, that was, um, you know, that, that was, uh, a, a tough point in, in my life. And then that was when I started to reach out and started seeking some of that mentorship. And, and then that's how I started to view things differently. I still have my moments where, I slip back into the victim mentality and, and I have to catch myself. And it is a very intentional practice for me to view the positives and for me to manage those expectations and for me to look at, at the, uh, look at the wins that I've had. And it's, it's a, for someone who has been in a victim mentality for so long, it's, it it's it takes intentionality. It takes a lot of effort to to do that. I actually 
to to contribute to that point i uh i am a a star trek fan um i'm a trekker not a trekkie the difference between a trekker and a trekkie is that a uh a Trekkie are Trekkies are the people who, and now it's a little bit more mainstream. But when I was a kid, it was kind of the Trekkies are the ones who would dress up in costume and go to the conventions and couldn't really differentiate the between the actor and the character. Whereas Trekkers who would dress in normal clothes and go to see and meet the actors rather than just you know and, and I recognize them as actual actors playing a character uh, and telling a story. So that's kind of the the big difference. And then there's a couple couple jokes about the difference between trekkers and trekkies but now it's kind of like everybody's just kind of lumped in as a as a trekkie so um but anyway i one thing that i like that i like to do to kind of relax and unwind is i like watching uh, star trek the next generation because uh, it's just a show from my childhood it brings up a lot of fond memories of, of spending time with my family watching uh, watching those episodes and and i watched one here just a couple days ago, um, from I believe it was the fourth season. It was called uh, it was called the Wounded, and the to give you some context of the the episode, um, a, a a captain of a ship in Starfleet um, goes renegade, and he starts picking out targets of these. Uh, this group of uh, of aliens that uh, he perceives as his enemy, whereas there's been a, a peace treaty set up between, you know, it's between the Federation and, and these other people, and um, he he views these people as his enemy because there was a massacre early on earlier on in the uh, in the story arc that uh, where his uh, family was was killed, and so. This uh, one of the Colomini, he plays a character called Miles O'Brien, and he's talking with Patrick Stewart's character, Jean Luc Picard. They're talking about this uh, this rogue captain because um, um, Miles O'Brien in the in the show he served underneath this captain during wartime, and uh, Captain Picard he makes a very uh, interesting comment, um, and it's. It, it applies to being angry and being hurt and being in that victim mentality. And the quote goes similarly to this. Um, I don't know if I'll get it exactly, but when one has been angry for so long, it begins to feel comfortable like old leather. And then you get to a point where you can't remember feeling any other way. And that's something that I've been approaching and looking at in my own my own life is that there are times and there are parts of my life where I haven't remembered feeling any other way than downtrodden. I haven't felt any other way than a victim. And that is the... Uh, that's the tough part of it. Um, so that's, and it, and, and again, it takes effort. It takes intentionality. It takes mentorship. It takes, it takes a lot of work to get to work your way out of that mentality. And I'm still going through the process myself. So, um, 
that's uh, that's kind of what came to me for this uh, this second segment. So I'm going to uh, to wrap things up here for this segment. Uh, we'll take another quick break and then uh, hop into the closing segment because I do like to keep these things right at about an hour, keep it a little bit more long form. So uh, you've got just a few more minutes to put up with me, but uh, this is the Discovering Masculinity podcast, and I will be right back. You know, if you get value out of my commentary, if you like what I have to say on certain things about uh, certain topics, and you want to provide a topic for me to cover on this podcast, you may do so. Please do so. You can reach out to me via my social media links, which will be pasted in my link tree, which will be in the uh, show notes. You can also reach out to me via email m60podcast at gmail.com put uh, show topic or topic or article or something along those lines in the subject line and I'll be happy to uh, take a look, take a read and uh, see what I have to say about said topic again you can find me uh, on social media via uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram I have a TikTok out there but I've never posted to it and uh, you know I am over the age of 25 so um i'm kind of allergic to tiktok i think that's a rule that if you're if you're over the age of 25 you you break out in highs if you use tiktok or reels too much so at least that's what i think anyway but uh anyway find me in my link tree and you know if you want to do any type of sponsorship for the show you can do that reach out to me via email and put sponsorship in the subject line would love to uh talk with you about some of that uh do have a patreon set up so if you want to go take a look at that got some good stuff on there a lot of great bonus content on the patreon and uh yeah just check me out would love to uh would love to have you here comes the final second 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 the final segment of this episode of Discovering Masculinity. So, a lot of you that know me know that... uh, I've been a Metallica fan for a while, and uh, this is actually one of my favorite songs of theirs. Um, It's their cover of uh, Astronomy by Blue Oyster Cult. This was on uh, Garage Inc. uh, from back in, I guess, 2000. 2000? 99 or 2000 it was released. Long, long time ago, Um, but um, I just remember getting that uh getting that album and uh this was this was one of the songs that i really really loved and I, sometimes i still uh still jam out in the car to this i will uh i'll turn the stereo up rather loud and uh you know listen to that so um but anyway that um uh, just kind of an aside there um that's uh um this is the discovering masculinity podcast this is the final segment for this episode um 
Not sure what I'm going to title it. Might call it uh, "Rambling Intentionality," something like that. Um, that does have a good good name to it because you know we talked about we talked about the problem of being in the victim mindset, and we talked a little bit about how to get out of it, and that's intentionally focusing on the positive and and doing the the work in that space. So, um, I I think another thing that um, another way to get out of that victim mindset. And to really strengthen the relationships that you do have is to really be be honorable, to be honorable, and to to honor those people who are uh, who are in your in your space and in your corner, and and that that you you do confide in, and that you do have a relationship or practice some type of relationship with. Um, the definition of honor, high respect, great esteem um, is one definition. Using it as a verb, uh, regard with great respect, uh, to fulfill an obligation or keep an agreement. And I can tell you that uh, hold, holding your agreements and, uh, and being, being honorable, fulfilling those obligations, um, you know, something that's regarded as a rare opportunity and being, uh, being and bringing pride and pleasure, a privilege. Uh, that's another definition of, of honor. That is, um, that's something that we've, we've sorely lost in, in this culture. Um, honor, honor just doesn't seem to be as prevalent and, holding people with you know esteem holding people with with dignity and, and respect is is something that's sorely sorely lacking even people who are close to us we we don't seem to hold in with that kind of um that that kind of honorability being honorable or or hold them in in that respect being honorable is bringing or worthy of honor uh and it's, uh, you know, that's being, being honorable is, um, a trait that we need to pursue and something that is sorely, sorely lacking among, among a lot of, you know, among not just men and women, but just human beings in general. And, and I think that that's something that, uh, that we all need to look in the mirror and, and say, okay, what ways am I being an honorable person? And in what ways am I, worthy of of being honorable and part of that i i like to use this phrase um this is something that i kind of borrowed and put together from from others that i've run across over my time of study here on earth i guess is that people say you know you treat everyone one with respect and i i kind of push back on that a little bit you treat I say you treat everyone with dignity, but your respect has to be earned. And that's kind of where being honorable and, and holding people and, and, and honoring people is, is that treating them with, with dignity because you don't know what that person's going through. You don't know how their experiences have shaped them in the past and we've all had experiences that that shape us and and that bring you to your perception of people and to to people at this point in your life i try and tell myself that during the sales process 
when I'm working my day job is that this is not a reflection on me. This is not a reflection on them. This is just a reflection about how they've perceived themselves and, and potentially been treated or burned by salespeople in the past. So it's not anything that is wrong with me. It's just the product of the situation. And I think that uh, being an honorable person and someone who, who does honor other people or someone who's striving to be that, that is something that's also helped me separate myself from that victim uh, mentality that I've been stuck in in the past is that this person is, there have been people that have been with me in my life that in order to show them respect and re show show them that their time and their investment in me was worthy, I have to do certain things to honor their honor who they are and how they have treated me. Uh, a great example is um, that comes to mind is um, you know my attitude um, my attitude in certain teaching situations um, was working with someone who was helping me uh, with a, with a sport and um, just couldn't get past having a bad attitude when I made a mistake. And finally it got to the point where he said, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to put up with this anymore unless you change how you're doing, how you're doing this. And there's, you know, that kind of was a wake-up call that not only did I have to honor this person's expectations of me, I also had to honor the people who were around me that uh, my negative attitude was was playing off on and it was very it was a very humbling experience it was a very you know it was a very it was a tough it was a tough one for me um i i knew it but it was it had just become like we were talking about in the previous segment it had become so familiar that it had become old leather and it had become comfortable and I I was trying to I, I still make it still takes a conscious effort to to adjust that um, in this day to this day and you know I I was talking with with a friend uh, a little while ago and. I want to be the man who who honors others. I want to be a man who who definitely honors women. I know there's too many people in the men's movement and in the men's space that their attitude towards women and the perspective of of what they see in women as I said earlier, there I think there is, there are people who act, there are women who act the way that uh, a lot of uh, people and a lot of guys in the men's movement say that they do act. I'm not going to, to sugarcoat it and say that it doesn't exist, but at the same time, I, 
know there are genuinely good people out there who I know there's genuinely good women out there who they they're worthy of of honor and dignity I know that there are you know there there are people out there both men and women who are worthy of who are worthy of of being treated with with dignity and I think just keeping that attitude of of being an honorable person and treating people with dignity and and when they've earned it treating them with with respect and and respecting the the boundaries that they've put up with put it up with you or the boundaries that they have and making sure that this that this happens um is is a worthy you know is a worthy pursuit it's something that we need to do as a society so yeah, I've rambled a little bit. Uh, got about three minutes left here, and I uh, just wanted to say thanks for for joining me for this episode of the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I'm um, going to start reaching out to more people for uh, to be guests on the show. Um, I want to thank my all my previous guests, and uh, I know that uh, uh, there's been an immense amount of value brought to uh, to the podcast and, and brought to your lives as, uh, as a, as a result of, uh, my guests being on, um, being on this show. So, um, probably reach out to, uh, to him a couple more times and, uh, and see who I can get back on the show. I, I, uh, really do feel, uh, I feel very, uh, very excited about, uh, picking this back up again. And, uh, even if I've got to do many episodes where it's just me like this by myself, uh, rambling and, talking about uh, things that I see in uh, in the world today and in in the men's movement today then uh, then that'll be how it is and we'll we'll go from there but uh, thanks again for joining me this is uh, the discovering masculinity podcast I'm your host John Waltz recording in the now dark Franklin Tennessee in the music city uh, the hopefully the sun will come out tomorrow as uh, the musical Annie goes and Things will be uh, much brighter. Not that they're not bright. Not that not, things aren't good. But uh, you know, um, we can always use more sunshine, more sunshine, and more positivity in our lives. So, uh, again, this is discovering masculinity. I am your host, John Walton. I will talk to you next time.